Hi, and welcome to another episode of Tom Ray's Art Podcast. I'm Tom. On today's show, I talk with a person that makes planters, but also makes like accessories for planters, if that makes sense, makes mushrooms that you put in the planters. It's, it's kind of... It, when I look at their store, I see these mushrooms that they sculpt. And then also I see these planters that they do. And the planters have eyes, which is kind of the way that I introduce it. They're actually animals, but they have these unique eyes that kind of like googly eyes, uh, the way they describe it to me, which makes perfect sense. But they're not actually googly eyes. I'm getting off on the tangent of the googly eyes here, but... They're in Madison. They make these planters. They're cute as all get out. We talk about the process of making them, how uh, the person came up with the ideas for these planters and uh, really does have an involvement in the uh, sort of like plant life community, horticultural. I'm using, there are lots of words in, the, <laughs> in this background that I don't know, but I'm just kind of throwing them out there thinking they're the right words. You get what I'm saying. But the sculptures that the person makes for these planters are really awesome. They're all handmade. And uh, we kind of talk about how they went from just presenting them in stores locally to also just recently making a website and shipping them out and uh, finding people all over the U.S., to sell these things to. It's a fun story about how the person just started out going to college, taking pottery because they were interested, and now it's what they do. It's a, it's a fun interview, and let's just get on with it. Uh, here's the interview starting right now. I'm Ariel Harmon. Um, I make ceramic art. You make, you make stuff that has eyes. A lot of the time and I love that so so tell me first of all how did you uh well you're in Wisconsin right are you here in Madison yeah yeah I'm still in Madison okay you're still in Madison now born and raised or how long have you been here I have been here since 2010 okay um I'm actually from small town Wisconsin I'm from Elkhorn Wisconsin okay um so Walworth County no one ever knows where Elkhorn is I kind (laughs) of know where it is but I travel around a lot in Wisconsin so near Lake Geneva (laughs) okay all right all right not a bad place I that's oh that no that's where the people know it because that's where the Playboy Club used to be (laughs) yeah and it's where D&D is from like the guy who invented D&D is from Lake Geneva why didn't I know that? that? That seems like something I should know. Was he really from Wisconsin? Yeah, they're actually um, in Lake Geneva right now. They're working on opening a Dungeons and Dragons themed um, hotel. No. And I'm really excited for it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've heard nothing of this. Both of these things are brand new to me. Wow, that's oh, amazing. You when- definitely look for it. It's super <laughs> cool. Oh, I'm wow. super excited. I think it opens next year. Okay. Next year. So it's that close. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wonder what it's that entails. Close. How? How would? How do you make a? Do you know anything else about it? Not to get up. We're going to um, talk about I you in a second. Some, but like, I saw some brief like articles about it, and okay. it looks like they're going to have like themed rooms and like guest like banquet halls that are themed as well, and a lot of like ornamentation on the inside of the building to make it look like a castle. Is the whole thing going to be made out of pewter? I don't know if the outside look like a castle. I hope. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I hope they have dragons. Or, like giant, they, like they, are, should. they should make some of the figures, but that would be, yeah, they'd have to be big, like pewter metal figures. That would be so cool. With ruby eyes. Now I'm just envisioning my own version of it now. 
Um, that's amazing. <laughs> you just you just informed me about something I'm going to have to look up later. So that's great. Okay, so you're in Wisconsin now. Um, now to get to what I was really getting at. Um, so how did you get started making pottery? Like when around did you go? I'm going to start making pottery. <laughs> well, okay, so that's kind of a tough thing because okay. I loved pottery in high school and I did a really fun project in middle school with clay and I've always really loved building things with clay even when my grandma dug some up from her yard and we like made little pinch pots okay. like one summer what's a pinch pot them in, um, a pinch pot so you start out with a ball of clay and you like stick your thumb into it and then you pinch outwards oh. a lot of my work is made that way so it starts out as just a little lump of clay and then I pinch all the walls okay all right evenness. so um but even as a kid, like it was always like something I found drawn to. Mm -hmm. um, and then in 2010, I graduated, went to college and started out in criminal justice as what? a degree. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? Total change. I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, that, but it's like, yeah, total change. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to a private college at the time and I wasn't really enjoying the degree. And I tried a different major with that college and was still unhappy. So then... I took a half a sem like I took like a semester off and then went into Madison College and I was going to go to become a vet veterinary technician okay. which is like a two year program there and I was like really excited about that but I had to take some like classes before I could get into the actual program because there's a bit of a wait list sometimes for them okay. and I took ceramics with um Joanne Kirkland and it changed my world that name sounds familiar. I don't know why I recognize that name. Um, she is still a professor at Madison College. Okay. Um, she also makes a lot of her own work. She's also a Madison-based artist. Um, but her, a lot of her work, I believe, is more... She does a lot of wheel throne work. Okay. And um, glaze and wax resist. So she's got some really cool... Um, gas reduction fired pieces because she has her own gas kiln okay. so that's pretty cool <laughs> see I, I never knew the difference between the i mean i i assume there was some but i never knew the difference between the techniques first of all in i did pottery in uh middle school and i don't think high school but let's put it this way mine was the one that always blew up let's whenever i made something i was the one where like they said everybody else to get their project and they're they'd be like yours blew up um, don't know why. I'm not sure what the whole thing that happened was. Yeah. So you you were saying there's a gas kiln, and also is it kiln or yeah. kill? Um, it really depends on the region you're from, actually. Really? Okay. Because I've heard it where yeah. I'm like, do, are they saying kill? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My mom calls it kill, but mm I say kiln. All of the people I know in the art world. Yeah. There's an N. <laughs> yeah. There's an N. We got to pronounce it. <laughs> Right. But, you know, regionally, people pronounce things differently. So, OK. Hmm. All right. So I'm not wrong in thinking that sometimes I hear people say that. OK, good. Anyway. Yeah. So what's the yeah, what's the technique that you do? Like, what have you experimented with as far as these techniques? And what's the difference? I don't know. Oh, oh there's so many differences, but there's also some similarities. So okay. um, on your lower firing um, lower temperature firing, you have the raccoon raccoon firing. I do some raccoon firing. Um my wall mushrooms, I generally like to make raccoon fired. Okay. So they have this really interesting crackle that happens when you reintroduce them to the oxygen and the cool air. It crazes, and then you put it back in the bin of smoky combustibles, and it makes all the lines dark. So it's really fun. Oh, um, right. It's very exciting because you're dealing with, like, 
fire right yeah. then and there and it's it's burning and you have to like build the right nest for your item in the in the burn bin and you have to like watch for the glaze to finish bubbling and smoothing back out and turning into glass and it's really fascinating to watch that process from beginning to end and then in the end be like scrubbing in the sink like you're doing dishes but then you get this gorgeous piece of pottery out of it and it's a really long process in some ways and a really short process in others and I that's I think that's why I tend to really like Raku firing. Though the majority of my work isn't Raku fired because that's really hard to do and I don't have that kind of kiln right. with axe in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um I do cone six oxidation firing. That I have no idea what that have is. To, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should have looked up my temperatures because I know it is cone six, but I don't know what the temperature it reaches off the top of my head. Yeah. But um this is one of my Kodamas. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, but a Kodama? Kodama. Uh, um, I originally themed it off of, have you seen the Hayao Miyazaki films? No. Um, Like My Neighbor Totoro or Princess Mononoke. Oh, that sounds familiar. I think I think that maybe I had some of those like uh, the, the released on video versions maybe back in the day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. They were originally re- released on VHSs. Okay. So. All right. Then maybe I have. Yeah. 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 So um, they're one of those characters. Um, but these guys, I want them to be um, vit- the clay to be vitrified uh-huh. um, so that it's become non-porous. Um, because at cone six, it could technically be eaten off of like as long as you use a food safe glaze. Uh-huh. And so all of my cone six work I um, use for planters, okay. my planters and sometimes some mushrooms um i will make with the cone six glazes um you can get some really cool effects with the cone six but it's not going to be that varied it's going to be how many layers of glaze did you put on there um did you hold the temperature did you slow cool it Mm -hmm. those are the things that are going to cause changes in your glaze to get new effects okay um you can get some brighter colors at cone six. If you go up any higher than cone six, where a lot of gas reduction is cone 10. Um, I salt firing I've done before. It's you do a big gas kiln. Um, pretty much at first you heat it with a weed burner for a little bit, or you start a little fire and then it really gets roaring. And because of the shape of the kiln, the heat circulates a particular way. Yeah. And then when it reaches cone 10, you put like, softener salt like you would put in a water softener in your house okay. in this giant trowel and you stick it in and you turn it and it vaporizes Neat. and it causes this like orange peel effect um oh and it's so fascinating i did that actually mostly through the alternative firing techniques class um that matc offered or they call themselves madison college now but right um i took both levels of that class because it was just it was so intense. And then like right after you do that, you have to exit the building because there's like these fumes coming out of the kiln that are toxic. What building and, was it in? Was it in the downtown one or the Truex um, one? Actually, they, they rent out a kiln out at um, Adama. Oh, okay. Over in Dodgeville. Okay. Um, they have a salt kiln there, but they also fire it as just a wood kiln. Um, but they usually fire a cone 10 in that kiln either way. Is but the, the salt firing is very fascinating yeah is the so is the cone like a point of heat measure 
Yeah. Okay. So I was in, kind of getting that get, from it. Okay. I think they're called pyrometric cones. I'm not 100%. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. And they literally look like little cones that sit at an angle and you stick them into a thing of clay. And then as they fire and they, they, they'll bend like the furthest one to the right will be the soft, like the lower cones. So you can see as it's going, how it's progressing throughout the whole kiln oh. because you can like pop a brick out and peek in and see, oh, okay, the second cone is now officially down. The other one's starting to soften. And you can see if that's the same on the other side of the kiln at the top of the kiln and at the bottom of the kiln. So you have kind of like this eyeballing it method. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I never knew that. That's, that's all fascinating. Okay. All right. So now, so you, you were taking these classes at uh, Madison College, Madison Area College, Madison College, either way, you know Madison what I mean. Area Technical College, yeah. <laughs> right, I know. They took the technical out for some reason. Well, I, I guess because it's far more diverse than it used to be. But um, yeah. the, uh, so you were taking these classes at college while you were waiting to do a different one. And yeah, so I took is, ceramics one. Yeah. And then I fell in love with ceramics so much so that I decided the next semester I wanted to take two ceramics classes. And I asked Joanne, I'm like, do you think this is something I can do? Are you guys going to be okay with that? And they were, and she was like, well, based on the fact that you produce way more work than most people do for ceramics one, I think you're going to be fine. Just keep in mind projects can't be, you know, used between classes for the same, for a different grade. I was like, oh, of course. So I took sculpture one and I took ceramics two at the same time. And from there, it was just kind of like every semester I wanted to be in the ceramics lab. But also after my first semester, um, one of the lab monitors was leaving. And so I was like, hey, I'd be interested. I want to be a lab monitor. So that gave me a lot of hands-on experience, you know, keeping a studio clean, Mm -hmm. um, firing kilns, teaching students. Um, I went on to then help uh i did camp shalom summer camp taught ceramics with a friend of mine one one year okay um so that was really fun when you taught Um, did you get paid yeah okay because i was gonna say up until this point you're paying them to do this stuff and now you're helping them so i was hoping it was gonna be well yeah when i started being the lab monitor they they paid me i was like okay good just making sure that was awesome but being a lab monitor, I feel like I got to see, I would, I would get to work in the classroom while there were classes going on even. So I would see other professors and how they were, you know, presenting different work. And so I would watch demos from other classes, even though I wasn't in the class. Right. <laughs> so I you were was getting free lessons. Not- I like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but also like when I was there on a Saturday, I have a, one of my close friends, uh, Sue, I actually really helped her with her wheel throwing because she was struggling a lot. And as an instructor only has so much time in a class, if somebody's really struggling and they're taking their time to come in on their free time, I was like, I'll take part of my Saturday shift here and I will help you learn to wheel throw. And she's still doing pottery to this day. She's got a kiln in her basement. Like, okay. oh, great. <laughs> nice. And how oh, long ago was awesome. this? When did all this happen? Um, oh, I started classes there in 2013 and I left in 2016. So it's been quite a few years, even though it doesn't feel like it. Was no, it doesn't feel like that. I know it's 2016. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. that was just a little bit ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. Was, what, three years ago? And then you're like, oh, no, that was like six years ago. <laughs> yeah. So when you were doing these, so you had all this time to experiment with that stuff. And I wonder if maybe the sculpture class that you took 
help this as well. But like with the style, like I said at the beginning, you you make stuff that has eyes, that, but yet you're oh, doing yeah. you're doing planters and stuff. No, I I know I I took us in this direction. I'm going back to what, what I meant to oh, ask. <laughs> um, the and you also make like mushrooms and stuff. Now you don't just start out going like this is what I'm going to make. Or do you? I mean, I guess I shouldn't assume that. But, uh, you know, like, how did you start making the type of objects that you produce now? How'd you get into that? So it's interesting. One of my closest friends also sells um, his ceramics at the Madison Greenhouse store. He does beautiful wheel thrown planters. um, And he had another partner who was doing um, like hand built work for the greenhouse store as far as like planters go and she was a bit overextended and didn't want to keep doing that and so he reached out to me because he had seen my work in the classroom and we had been in a couple of classes together and he was like hey you know i think you would be a good fit for this opportunity would you like to do this and i was like well yeah of course and i originally started out making like square planters that were hand built with like saucer trays and okay. with like a stamp on the side and then i was like you know this isn't really me i kind of want to make something cute right <laughs> and so i have always loved animals animals are my favorite <laughs> um so i decided to start making like animal planters and they were a big hit so uh-huh. I have just kind of continued to grow on the animal planters. So while my like stock isn't always like every single animal I've ever made, I'll go through a phase where I make a lot of owls and then I'll make a a bunch of cats and then it'll be like, Oh, I'll make a couple of dogs and a couple more cats and then I'll make a hippo and I'll make a manatee. Like it's really (laughs) a weird combination. And I'll go through my sketchbook and be like, okay, well, what do I want to make today? And I'm like, oh, bear planters is what it's going to be. I love how you're saying it like a magician, like you're making, and then I'll make a manatee. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, what well, was, sometimes the clay speaks to you and it right. like goes, this is what I want to be. And you're like, okay, I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. And what was the first one that you made? Like when you first started making, like, did you just stick with one or did you just make various animals? I feel like I started out making mostly owls and birds. My current stuff has kind of changed a bit. I don't just make, like, cats are a big one to make now. And I've even made a dragon. I haven't seen the dragon. Oh, wait. Yeah, I did see the dragon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's fun. (laughs) So. Yeah. But I still make birds. Um, One of my more recent birds is actually the kingfisher. He has a little fish in his mouth. I couldn't resist. (laughs) I was like, I want to make a bird with a long beak. And I'm like, hmm, which one should I make? I'm like, maybe a kingfisher. Yeah. And then I was like, if I'm making a kingfisher, it must, must have a fish in its beak. Okay. And how much longer does it take uh, to, so you're making that and then you have to make the, you have, you do the, what did you call it again? The, uh, pinch, the pot, pinch pot, pinch pots. You start yeah. out with that, but then you start turning it into other things. So you make the pinch pot and then you have to screw it up. So, <laughs> you yeah, know, to make it, into an, so how did, how did you like, how difficult is that technique, uh, to do like a lot of, you know, like, how um, do you mass mass do? I can't think of the right word. How do you, messy. how do you make more of them? <laughs> yeah. How do you make a bunch of them? Um, so when I make my planters, generally I measure out a, an approximate amount of clay. I know some ceramic artists are super into weigh out your clay to the exact pound. Really? I don't have the patience for that. Okay. I wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> Especially people who wheel throw and they want to get the exact same shape every single time. Mm -hmm. That's a really efficient way of doing it. Yeah. I'm just, 
by the time I've waited all out, I'm tired. I don't want to <laughs> keep doing it then. I'm like, I need a break. Right. Yeah. But um, I'll just make a bunch of pinch pots and then I'll take a pinch pot out and be like, okay, this one is giving me fish vibes or this one's giving me oh. Totoro vibes or, right. you know, and then I'll just kind of look through my sketchbook to see which one's going to fit that shape. And then I go based on that and some also the type of clay. So I use a stoneware and I use a white stoneware mm -hmm. and anything that I'm using with a regular stoneware, I'm going to be using more under glazes or um, like glazes that are going to look good on that clay body because it tends to turn a little bit peachy colored when it's fired. Okay. And it stays a little like grittier. Whereas the white stoneware that I use stays really brilliantly creamy and so a good example, again, is this guy. Mm -hmm. He actually only has a clear glaze on this part of him. So this is the natural clay color. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't look any different on the bottom versus the sides, which is nice. And I like that cohesive look. Yeah. And to cover an entire pot in an underglaze just to get that white color is just a little extra tedious. And it's a lot of extra cost on the end. Okay. So. I've learned that it's just easier to have a two, di two different kinds of clay and work with it that way. <laughs> well, and it didn't even occur to me till you said it. Like, I'm thinking of it, um, you know, like a dummy, just like going, you make them one at a time and you spend all the time making, and you're like, you make a bunch of them and stand them in a row and go, okay, what one am I going to make out of it? Like, duh. Like, of course, that's the way you would do it. I'm sitting here going like, yeah. God, it must take you forever to go, well, I'm going to make... And then, okay. So, so that yeah. you, it, my mind all of a sudden opened up. It's like, oh yeah, you kind of do have your own like, I guess assembly line sort of production way about uh, doing it. So that makes yeah. sense. And and you're painting them too, right? Yeah. So I um they're all going to require um three firings pretty much um almost all of them. Yeah. Because they're going to need their first initial bisque. Some of them are going to for example, this one that has a matte This is just a wash that I put on bisqueware. Okay. So it's just an iron wash, but it needs, in order not to move around and mess up the other glazes, it needs to be refired so that it's solidly attached. Okay. <laughs> so um, that is important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this planter in particular is one of my new ones. Okay. It has a base that is also a planter. Oh. So the top, top turtle is a planter, but the bottom part is also a planter. Oh, and it and comes it out of the corner the there. Corner so that it has. A okay. second place for a plant. And it has drainage. Nice. I am a big advocate for drainage in planters. I I didn't know like that plants. was a thing. <laughs> well, if they don't have drainage, what tends to happen is you don't have anywhere for the excess water if you overwater. Okay. And so then you kill your plants. <laughs> right. I suppose that, okay, that's a bad thing. Yeah. We, we have yeah, one plant. We have one yeah, plant and so we haven't killed it I'm, yet. So I, that's as much as I know. <laughs> and that was one of the things I, I actually learned very early on in making planters is I had made a few without drainage. And the lady who owned the store at the time was like, um, so these aren't going to work for us because we need drainage, in okay. order, you know, plants to be healthy. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that because I'm a little bit of a plant person. I was a little bit of a plant person. Now I'm a crazy plant person. Um, 
<laughs> I was a crazy plant mom before I became a cat mom. <laughs> That's what I tell people. Especially like I have one part of my house that like the cats aren't allowed into unless they're supervised because oh. I have plants. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to give up plants just to have cats. <laughs> right. It, it was it was an internal battle, but you you found a compromise. <laughs> I did, and it works out well. <laughs> no, well, then, but. what about where you uh, make these, or where your studio or your kiln is? Like, is that also in your house, or do you have a place that you go to? Like, where are you making these? I have a workspace at home. Okay. I don't have my own kiln. I rent kiln space from someone else. Um, but I've taken over about half of my living room. <laughs> Okay. At this point. And I have a sizable living room, but um, we still fit a couch in here. <laughs> but, um, my workspace takes over a lot of our free space. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's not uncommon. It's, it's hard to explain that to people that don't do it. You know, it's like, do you need all this stuff here? And you look around and you're like, well, yeah, <laughs> but you're not exactly. using this. And it's like, no, but if I'm going to, when? I don't know. <laughs> someday. Yeah. Someday. It's, the no, answer it really always. is supposed to like, do you want me tearing up the house looking for this later? Because it was put into a spot that we can't remember where it is anymore. Never mind. I don't need to get into that. Everybody knows our struggle. <laughs> but you had mentioned the eyes and I kind of wanted to cover that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. When I first started making creatures, I didn't use this style of eye. These guys are kind of, they've kind of got what I call googly eyes. Okay. I can see <laughs> and that. I really like I really like their googly eyes. And when I was originally making eyes, sometimes I would make like a big disc and then have another piece on it that uh-huh. would look like another disc. And then the inner one would be black and the outer one would be white. I don't have any great examples of that actually on hand. I don't have any of my super old work as far as planters go. Okay. <laughs> but um, I really ended up loving the look, but I felt like when I looked at my work as a whole, it didn't feel like a cohesive body of work. And so then I opted to change all of the eyes. It was like, it doesn't matter what creature I'm making. They all get these eyes. Yeah. And I think that worked out really well for me in the end. Like, yeah, it has definitely improved. I think the overall look of my work. Is it based on a technique or a style or something you saw? Nope. I just was like, <laughs> I like googly eyes and I tried it and I was like, this is great. Because yeah. it's actually an indented eye. Yeah. I use the back end of one of my other tools right. to make a, a dent in the clay. And then I paint the, I use a white underglaze and then a black underglaze. Okay. And a nice clear glaze over them. And so. it makes sense, which is funny because it's the exact opposite of what I, like even how you started out. Like normally the eyes would protrude. And yours indent and, but yet yeah. it looks perfectly fine. Like when I saw them, I was like, uh, they were very appealing. The eyes, I mean, it's one of the first things I brought up when we started was yeah. your stuff has eyes on it. That's literally the main thing I see. And you're right. It is very cohesive. And it, when you put it all together, especially with your new online store, you scroll through and it's like, even though they're different animals, it's like, oh, you know, which version all of this by the same person? You yeah. And, and then the pictures next to each other make sense, which also is, um, I mean, how, well, first of all, yeah, you would put them in stores and they would all be together and people would know this section is by this person and this technique, which leads me to ask, uh, have you, when did you start putting them out there? When did you start selling them to people? Oh, um, I started selling stuff in about 2014. Okay. 2013. 
somewhere around that time zone. It's okay. been so many years. I can't actually remember which year it started, which is crazy to yeah. me. Because it was just originally like a hobby thing. I did it on the side. And even after I was done with college in 2016, I was still only making art on the side from a full-time job. And that's in the end, I didn't actually end up leaving with a degree. I just took all the art classes I could and then was like, all right, I think I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I'm ready to go out into the world and decide what to do next with my life. <laughs> so they didn't even just go here. Come on, take a BFA or something like that. You know, like... <laughs> Well, that would have required a lot of other like core classes. Right. And I am, I'm okay at school, but not great at school. I hear you. It's the, it's the amount of classwork to how much like life I wanted to have. Okay. All right. <laughs> like I wanted to be able to hang out with my friends on one evening a week and I wasn't able to do that while going to school and working full time. So. Okay. It was finally time to go, okay, it's one or the other. I feel like maybe school needs to take a back burner. I don't actually need the degree to be happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, well, where was the first place you sold it at? Uh, or like, what was your first sale? My first sale was um, the Madison Greenhouse store, actually. Okay. Um, it was owned by the previous owners. Um, and they were great. You know, they, they welcomed me in and... Um, you know, gave me the constructive feedback I needed to get my work uh, to be what they needed. And then uh, about a year or so in, um, they changed ownership to um, Tiffany Olson, who is now the current owner of the Madison Greenhouse Store. And she's amazing. She's a great store owner. Um, she's given me a lot of great opportunities. Um, she officially started participating in gallery nights a bunch of years back. Oh, okay. And every single time there's the gallery night i am one of the featured artists which is amazing so i get to come in and set up some of my other stuff that isn't normally in her store and people really enjoy that so and i enjoy talking to people and getting feedback about what people like about my work because i work actually at the greenhouse store a couple days of the week um just kind of to you know supplement my income as i'm trying to get the business up and running so Because while I sell in multiple places, it's not quite enough to keep, you know, food on the table. Right, right. <laughs> and a roof over my head. <laughs> but, you have you have different places that you also sell at? Like, do you wholesale yes. at other places? Um, I don't do any wholesale at this point, um, but I do also sell at the east side, Madison, you frame it. Okay. Can I just say, uh, did you just hear a cash register sound effect go off when you said I don't I, sell at other Was that yeah, me? Yeah, I thought I heard that too. Did I make a sale? While we were talking about sales, <laughs> I have my bra- my Facebook browser open, and I think I just made a sale on Facebook. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what a coincidence! Okay, I thought it was you. Um, anyway, so you were uh, so yeah. I'm sorry. Where else were you selling? At? So I sell um, on East Johnson Street at the Madison U Frame It there. Um, I sell on um, morel necklaces. Um, and my staked mushrooms. It's hard to explain a staked mushroom without having one present, and I don't have one present. Right. But they're just like a regular mushroom with like a little uh, metal stick sticking out the bottom. Yeah. So you can stick them into potted plants. That was going to be my question, because I was looking at them, and I'm like, they don't look like they're much bigger than I think they are. And I was like, and it doesn't look like they stand on their own. So I was curious, what do you do? And then right as you were about to say it, I'm like, oh, she's going to say you put them in the planters, (laughs) which is great. You can accessorize them. Yeah. Yeah. In the spring, I put them out in my garden sometimes. Um, I've had a few that, you know, when they break in the store, you know, I just take them home. I glue them and I give them to my sister or my mom. 
Yeah. They're like, this is great. We have too many mushrooms. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> There's no such thing in my world. I'll just put more in the garden. Well, and again, that, that, you know, makes me ask the question, like, why did you start making those mushrooms? Like, what was the idea behind that? Oh, I love mushrooms. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mushrooms. I have always enjoyed eating mushrooms. Mushrooms are delicious. Okay. Um, I think if they were a vegetable, they'd be my favorite vegetable. (laughs) (laughs) Oddly enough. But um, when I was very, very little, one of my first memories ever of my grandparents um they had like a little trailer home um that they parked on some land out where they now have a whole house they built a house after my aunt went off to college so um but they used to take my family and like my mom and my dad when they were still married like we would go out there and they would go mushroom picking Okay. Like we'd get baskets and I would get to ride on my dad's shoulders and we'd look for mushrooms. And that was like the family outing in the middle of the woods. Nice. And, and what and an so, uncommon family outing. That's so strange, but it's so neat. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I grew up eating like freshly picked morels and like, oh, just so many good things. My grandparents still grow oyster mushrooms out in their backyard. You're already naming more mushrooms than I knew existed. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing to do is to go to like the Asian grocery store and like pick up all the different kinds of mushrooms and like fry them and then like make a mushroom dish of some kind of made mushroom pot pie and cream of mushroom soup. I am a mushroom. I'm a mushroom freak. I love mushrooms. Clearly. That's awesome. (laughs) um, Yeah. So when I first started making like sculptures i was like oh what do i want to make and i was like well i could make a mushroom sculpture so i made like a really big mushroom and i had made a mushroom bird bath actually in high school that i really enjoyed making how, how um, big was the bird bath like does it need to be i, I picture it being huge so how big it can... wasn't that big actually it was only about a foot tall and it it, it shrunk funny so <laughs> <laughs> okay you know, in hindsight, I think I could have done a better job. But <laughs> okay. So, I was a high schooler and it was, you know, beginning right. ceramics. It's yeah. good. <laughs> you, yeah. You hadn't taken all the courses and gotten all the experience yet. You were just, but you were making mushrooms. And it, so yeah. it started that early. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I just really liked making mushrooms. And one day I was like, well, I could make these so that they go into plants. Yeah. And so I went to the person who owned the greenhouse store at the time and was like, hey, um, do you think this would be something that people would like? And she was like, well, I think you could try it. Uh-huh. And sure enough, I mean, within like the first couple of years, I mean, w- there was several times she'd be like, you know, that guy from California, he came back out this year. He bought another mushroom. And I'd be like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that I had a collector in California. That's fantastic. <laughs> and it was great. And wow. I was like, I want to do this all the time. And mm-hmm. I... When I left college, I had started working back in retail and I was miserable. Oh, really? <laughs> and a close friend of mine was leaving her job as a receptionist at a vet clinic. And I was like, well, I could be a receptionist at a vet clinic. I'd yeah. be so good at that. And so I took the receptionist job and I moved on to that and um, started training as a vet assistant. But I still felt like I wasn't having enough time for my art. Yeah. And I really wanted to expand on that because I already had like two places I was selling my work at. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see why I couldn't sell my work more places or have my own website. Right. Like, 
perfectly think perfectly good capable things I can do. Right? Yeah. And that was actually going to be my next question. Cause you said you had somebody in California that came back to get your stuff. And I know you, I think recently launched your uh, online store. Yeah. It, like uh, yeah, how long before you started actually selling things online? Oh, wow. I just started selling things online actually in December of this last year. Oh, and I really? didn't make any sales until January, but, um, it's been a pretty good success. Okay. I mean, it, you know, with any website, it it needs work. It's a nice website, but it like I didn't have categories until like a month ago on my website. So it was kind of like you looked at planters. And it was like all of the planters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little intense to look at it that way. If somebody only wants to look at bears, it's hard to like find the bears. Yeah. But it's <laughs> like, hard. I to spy. Yeah. It's hard to determine, though, what is going to be problematic until you actually put it up, though. So at least you were like, right. you learn, you learn as you go along. And that's the beauty of a website. It's like it can change every day. Like you could yeah. be updating it every day. And it's it's better to do it when people are just starting to go rather than screwing everything up after it's like everybody's visiting it. And it's like, where's that section I used to like or, you know, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Like when I first started the website, I thought, oh, I'll write a blog every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that everybody like, thinks that <laughs> everybody thinks that. And I'm I'm not going to have anything that interesting to say every two weeks that people are going to be coming to my website to read it. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. That's I, I, I know that people always think that, but I mean, I talk to people that I don't know all the time, just like you and me today. And everybody's yeah. fascinating in their own way. Everything they do can be fascinating. And it's just, it's being the person that has to write about themselves. It's that's the hardest part. That's the nothing. You feel like, well, nobody wants to hear about this thing that I do every day because you're like, they'll be bored by this. They just want, you know, yeah, it's, it's exactly. it's not even self-doubt. It's just like that, that can't be fascinating. You know, it, it so don't, I would say yeah. you are <laughs> the <laughs> stuff you. you do is interesting. So uh, just let you know that. But I get it's also that also becomes a grind if you really have a hard time forcing yourself to write it. It's like, well, then you're spending time doing that. But having st yeah. you're putting out content, you are still putting out stuff, which is the stuff you make, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so you, I'm I'm working on getting better about posting consistently on Instagram okay. and on my Facebook page. Yeah. That it, like the social media aspect of things, I've never been great with social media. I know that like as a 30 year old, I should probably have my stuff together and know my social media a little bit better. But um, what well, what would you say <laughs> is the hardest? One of those old people. People are like, oh, do you do TikToks? And I'm like, no, I've done a couple of reels. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, oh. To know I was old. <laughs> well, and you don't, it's, it's, it's also like, um, are the people that you've been reaching over on TikTok? You know, it's, it, I could move to TikTok too, but it's like, oh, TikTok too. That sounded funny. Um, but it, you know, it's, I don't know if I would even interest anybody over there or, you know, who cares, but at the same time, so what would you, I mean, you say you're having, you know, you're trying to get more regular into posting on social media. What, what would you say is the hangup? What would you say is the difficult thing that keeps you from being consistent at it? I find it very hard to self promote. <laughs> okay. I find it very hard to be like, look at my stuff. You should buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my work should just speak on its own. Like I shouldn't have to tell you. But people to have to see it. <laughs> yeah, they have to see it. If I could just post a picture and hashtag it, I would be. You absolutely be could. 
I mean, when you when you see posts, and this is just me like thinking out loud, because I always wonder that too. The hardest part I have is writing the caption or thing that goes along with it. Like I can take the picture, but it doesn't make any sense. So I have to explain it, or at least I don't think it makes sense, but that's what Instagram is. is you look at pictures and go, what's that? And sometimes you read more. I, I barely read what people write with the pictures they post. And yet that's the thing that gives me the most... Uh, stress is writing the caption that goes along with the picture I'm taking. I'm like, just that's why I've started just doing stories because I can just talk it like an idiot for a couple of seconds and then go, I think that made sense and it's fine. And I didn't have to write anything. (laughs) I don't know if it works or not, but that's, that's why I started doing stories. Not saying that that's what you should do, but that's, yeah, I have that same problem. It's like when I post a picture of something, it's like, well, now I have to write something. So I don't know if that's the problem you have too, or yeah, that's generally what it is. Okay, because I see the I'm pictures. Like, I don't really you do. know what to do with. Like, I don't know what to write for this. Like, it's some cute little farm animals all together, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it is, right? Like, you like, can look at them on the website. Like, like how would it be? What do I add? Would it be bad if you just took a picture of something and wrote pot? Or, you know, like, just like wrote a word or just did that as the hashtag. I don't know. I don't know what's good or right, but it's, I saw your pictures and I think they look fantastic. So I'm, I'm I had more... a lot of help from my boyfriend. He does great photography. Okay. So I had his help with our outdoor pictures. Um, he took a lot of those. Okay. So, well, and on top of that, going to your store, you have to take a picture of all those. How long did that take you to, uh, like how many pieces do you have? Oh, <laughs> I am actually not sure how many pieces I have. A lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a lot of stock at home. Um, it sits in baskets. I used to have it all boxed, but it took up like five times as much space. Oh, yeah. So and I was like, I need to condense this. It's taking up too much space. Everything can have a sticker. If I have to unbox it a bunch in order when I sell something, yeah. that's fine for now. It's it's all just at your house is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I'm really lucky. I um, When I was moving most recently, um, I found a one-bedroom house for rent. And I it's actually the owner of this house is the previous owner of the greenhouse store. Oh. And I was like, hey, I'm looking for a place to live. And she was like, hey, I have a place for you to live. And I was <laughs> like, this is great. Yeah. So I got a really good deal on rent and it was like way too much space for me as one person moving out of like a one bedroom efficiency type place. Oh, okay. So I got some furniture and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make an art area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now that I'm doing this as my full time thing, I've even taken over more of the living room. (laughs) Okay. Which my boyfriend moved in like right the middle of pandemic and that was interesting because then it was like okay well we have to make room for his stuff but we still have to make room for the art stuff right a lot <laughs> of shelves in your future is is what i'm seeing oh, the one thing we, <laughs> we both love books right so. oh that too that doesn't take any up any room at all <laughs> there is no wall in our house that is completely barren <laughs> of a shelf or art <laughs> yeah Oh man! This place really started to feel like home when we finally got art on the walls. Though I had been putting it off because I was like, "Oh, I'm making holes in the walls," and then I was like, "You know, we're gonna be here. We might as well enjoy our art and mm-hmm. put it on the walls." For one thing, we started going to more art fairs and things like that to do shopping. Oh, oh, so not even to like present. You're like going, "No, eh, we need more stuff to put in the place." So let's go to art fairs. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some two-dimensional art. Because while I make I've made some two-dimensional art, uh-huh. mostly owls and birds of prey. Okay. I am fascinated by them as far as like subjects to paint and draw. But um just in general, it was just I wanted more two-dimensional stuff for our walls that were like we have some Pete Sandker work behind me. I was here. kind of wondering um, what that was out of the corner there. Yeah. Also a piece from Heather. Heather Tartaric. Okay. She sells at the Madison U frame it as well. She also, she does some great work. When we filled the walls, it finally felt like home in here. I was like, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Well, now that <laughs> so, you're, now that you're also selling online, uh, you have to ship the stuff when people order it. How is, how are yeah. you going about that? First of all, like, did you, have so, you already had experience shipping fragile items? Funnily enough, I have. Okay. So when I first moved to Madison in 2010, um, my aunt, who lived in McFarland at the time, um, was running a like skincare business and such out of her home. And I would help with shipping stuff, listing items, oh, okay. and just kind of doing that kind of work. <laughs> All right. And we did Amazon fulfillment for a bit. And nice. That was, it was really cool. I worked for her for quite a few years. But um, when I finally started my own thing, I was like, "All right." I got this. I know how yeah. to ship this. I, I know how to make sure everything's going to not break on the way there. And my mom runs an eBay business. Um, so I got some pointers from her for fra- extra fragile items. So I was like, oh, gosh, if I put a planter in there and it breaks on the way there, it's mm-hmm. not like I can exactly replicate this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can get close, but no two pieces are ever quite exactly the same. Wow. So I try not to make anything exactly the same. I don't. I don't like that. Right. (laughs) I like the uniqueness. Like, even if I make a bunch of mushrooms, all of them are slightly different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all handmade. You're not using molds or anything like that. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, they're no, I would be, if anything, uh, truthfully, it would be impressive if you did make them exactly the same. (laughs) If, like, they were identical and they were all made by hand, you'd be some sort of, like, wizard or, you know, alien being or something, which... That would be cool, too. That would be a great shtick yeah. to put online. <laughs> I'm a pottery wizard. <laughs> great. So uh, w- you said you went into um, business for yourself. And, like, what what are some of the opportunities that you've uh, finally got to experience because you went into business for yourself and, like, started doing this full time? Oh, since I've gotten to do this full time, I've found, A, that I have better mental health. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Because I get to make art all the time. I mean, how can you have bad mental health if you're making art all the time? True. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it so much easier. Um, I've gotten another venue that I sell work at, um, the Rocks and Relics in Wanakee. They carry my morel pendants as well oh. as morel rings. And they also, they have my wall mushrooms, the ones that you can hang on the wall that look like shelf mushrooms. Okay. So... They have that work for me, um, which is different than I don't sell the wall mushrooms anywhere else other than like through my website. But I have to list some new ones that I just made actually over Memorial Day weekend. Oh, nice. Went right firing in Michigan. So it was fun. <laughs> oh, wow. So so you went to Michigan and was like, I'm going to make some. Well, I suppose. I mean, you can just sit there and do it. It's like it's like reading a book or, you know, you're sitting there relaxing and yours is just working on pottery. I answered my own question I was going to ask you while I was sitting here. That's funny. <laughs> I don't need you at all for this interview. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. No, that's really but, cool. And I was unaware of the place in Wanakee. I've never heard of that one before. 
it's really new. Um, my friend just opened the store there. Um, it's it was an antique business prior, but um, she wanted to open a rock shop, and it, she's got amazing crystals there. Just hmm. oh, it's so tempting to spend all of my, my spare money <laughs> on rocks. Oh wow! But um, it was really cool. Um, so I was like, "Hey, do you think any of my art would be a good fit?" And she was like, "Yeah, for sure." And we talked to, talked through like where we would put my stuff. And a couple weeks ago, I brought it all out and got it all in her system, and it was great. So That's new some... opportunities, you yeah, know. No kidding. Things I hadn't really thought would be possible, you know. If I had thought two years ago, like where do I see myself at the end of the pandemic, I don't know that I would have thought, oh, I'm making art full time, mm-hmm. and yeah, I have a side job, <laughs> side hustle. But other than that, <laughs> right, you know. It's crazy. It's like mind blowing. Wow. <laughs> but I also will, I'm thinking soon I'll have stuff at the Willie Street Treasure Shop. Oh, okay. That used, that's in the building right by the Willie Street um, Park. Yeah. By Heartland Credit Union. Yeah, right by where the credit union was. Um, or no, they expanded the credit union right by where all the yeah. other stuff was. <laughs> yeah, was Mad that... Cat used to be in that building. Yeah, and so did uh, a comic book shop used to be in there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Westfield's. And is, oh, also, I'm going to be at the Maker's Market um, at the Sylvie on um, July 9th from 12 to 5 for the Maker's Market. I think you interviewed Dave about I did. About yeah, that. just recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. I didn't get into the um, early show for May, I think it was, originally that I had applied for. And I was like, oh, darn, I don't know what I did, like, what wasn't right about my application. But he also had t- told everybody, like, I've got, like, twice as many applicants as I have space. And I was right. like, okay, well, that's fair. Um, but then I did some networking because I actually know Megan. Um, I made a planter that looked like their cat. Oh. <laughs> their cat, Uri, the black and white one. He's real He's real photogenic. Yeah. So, had um, you been at the Maker's Market before? Had you ever tabled there? Or I this had was never, your first, I've never, never taken okay. there before, um, but I have attended them because okay. my friend Heather, she's an artist there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also my cats are huge fans of the taco cat toys <laughs> and okay. bow ties. Well, I'm a fan of the bow ties. I don't know that they're a fan of the bow ties. <laughs> I think they're so cute when they're wearing a bow tie. They're like, oh gosh, no, I have so to So dapper. They're ready to go <laughs> yeah, out. So Take them to dinner. <laughs> right i take them for walks in my neighborhood and people are always like oh they're so cute and i'm like yeah they're such trouble <laughs> especially since like little kids always want to pet one of my the one cat and he is just like nope kids are a no right he's like hard pass i don't trust him uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, okay well in general I hope he gets over that someday yeah in general i i always feel it's weird when people run up to your animal it's like you don't know what he's gonna do stop Anyway, yeah. And so if people wanted to uh, check out some more of your stuff, where would you say that they should go to see more of of your work and what you do? Well, they can definitely check out my website, arielsart.com. They can also check me out on Instagram. Um, My shop is linked in my bio there. And um, the Madison Greenhouse Store uh, on Williamson Street, Rocks and Relics in Wanakee, or um, the Madison East, you frame it. So... Lots of places. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. It was great to have this conversation. Yeah. Thank you. 